Welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast, also hosted on Literary Symmetry's IGTV channel live when recorded. On this show, we take a relational approach to turning readers into fans by using expensive words based on our emotions to write compelling stories. This way, instead of finding customers who read, we find friends and fans who will go on any storytelling path with us as we walk down the winding roads that make up our author journeys. Get ready to learn more about writing the story of your heart right now on Writing Expensive Words. Hello. Today we are going to talk about how to live with the reviews you get and mine reader reviews for useful information while ignoring the haters. And I was thinking about this because if you're a writer, you know that reviews are like a real part of the world that we live in. Like you you make this thing, you work so hard on it, and then you put it out into the world and people are like, I get to have an opinion about this in a really concrete way. And honestly, like writers are subjected to such a huge level of criticism compared to other artists like when you create a painting you might have a couple people say something about it but you don't have people come to your art write their review on a post-it note and stick it underneath there which is essentially what happens when someone reads your book and we like the reviews right I mean in general reviews help us reviews help especially indie authors better engage the Amazon algorithm if you're selling on Amazon um, and so we, it's like a necessary evil in our line of work. And when you're first writing, it just feels awful every time you get a review that isn't a raving review. Like, even if you get a review that's like, this was good, but this one thing bothered me, you focus on that one thing. And I know because I've done this so many times. Uh, and so I was like, okay, we're going to talk about this because I see it all over Reddit. I see it all over the writing groups that I'm in. People are constantly like, hey, this person reviewed this, it's not even true what they said, and how do I get to the next thing? How do I get through this and write another book? Because it feels pretty demoralizing, right? And I want to talk about how, when you're first starting out, to mine actual helpful things from these reviews. And I also want to talk about how to differentiate between facts and opinion, because you're going to see both of those things in reviews. So uh, I want to start out (laughs) this episode by saying I want to address a specific thing that happens, which is really unfortunate, and I'm sorry that it happens, but um, I just want to let you know about it, because a lot of times I'll see people who are authors that this is their first book and they pop into a message group and they're like, this person that I knew from third grade went on and said that my book was horrible and that I'm a, um, I eat animal, I eat cats or something, right? Like something that doesn't make any sense with the book. And they're basically, um, they're, what they're doing is technically illegal because they're engaging in uh, liable in that they're saying something that isn't true and that can be proven not to be true. So actually, you could technically sue people over this type of thing, but you don't need all that. Okay, you don't need legal fees unless it gets really serious. Um, because as a writer, you give up your right to your personal expectation to privacy because you're putting yourself out into the public view 
right? But you're still protected against people saying um, untrue things about you. So that's just something that hopefully that will clarify some some ideas of what can happen for you as now you're a public figure. But so if you're on Amazon and someone from the third grade who didn't like you then, who doesn't like you now, who's jealous that you wrote a book when they haven't, goes on and slams your book and also says personal awful things about you, you can have Amazon remove that review. And the thing is, people who know you are not supposed to review your books. Amazon doesn't want that because then you could be like, hello to all of my family members and friends and uh, go review my book, right? So (laughs) Amazon takes a little too far sometimes, in my opinion, because when you're a writer and people like your books, they become friends with you. And then all of a sudden their reviews are supposed to be removed. No, that's not okay. So, you know, there's like this line that you have to skirt, but you should be protected in the case of someone saying untrue things about you. And you should be able to get that review removed because it's inaccurate. And it has nothing to do with your book, really, usually. And even if it does have something to do with your book, you can be like, hey, this person knows me. Uh, They're trying to slander my character, right? So I see that a lot. Like, just go straight to Amazon, talk to them. They should take the review down without any questions asked. There's just like a dust fluff that floated in front of me. It was slow and beautiful. Uh, So that's like the number one thing that I see people writing in about. I just thought I would clarify that right off the bat. Okay, so now we're going to talk about how to separate facts from opinions, because the truth is that some people who are reviewing, they actually are going to give you useful information, even though it's painful information. Uh, you can use it to make your writing better. Like, for example, when the first edition of Write the Perfect Read, the fiction edition came out, there were some like egregious errors that Maria and I just missed, I think, because we were... I was trying to finish my copy editing certificate program. It was like Christmas time. There was a lot going on. And we just missed like there are certain words that are a lot of writers mistake for other words. And so we confused elusive with an I with elusive with an E. And they mean slightly different things. Although in the context of the way we used it, it could have been it it could be correct. It, I double like triple check that, but I still changed it. And someone just slammed us with a review and I was like, okay, hmm. And I went through their review and I was like, opinion, 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 grammatical mistake. I can fix the grammatical mistake. I can't make that person like me, okay? I can't make that person like my book. And in this case, it was a nonfiction book. So I can't control that. But what I can do is take the useful information they've given me and make changes. And since I'm a self-published author, I can correct things after the fact, Um And also let this be a lesson to you that you shouldn't cram editing into like a really busy time of your life and hope that things will just work out and that you won't miss any major mistakes. So that's one thing, okay? But if someone comes on, let's say you've written a fiction story uh, and they come on and they're like, I hate trolls and there's trolls in this book. Okay, well, I can't really change the way you feel about trolls. And if you don't like trolls, you probably shouldn't be reading fantasy books because they have trolls in them. They have dwarves in them. Like they have all these mythical creatures. So that's an opinion, right? But if they're like, uh, if I'm writing, if the person reading says something like, I felt like the characters were lacking emotion or dimension, 
that's something I would take seriously. That's not something I would be like, well, that's just an opinion. It could be an opinion. But normally, if someone is taking the time to write that to you in a review, they're doing it to be helpful. Even if they're slamming your work, like, uh, for example, I left a review on um, A Field Guide to the North American Teenager by Ben Philippe, and I was like, hey, so uh, I really love this book. My The title of the review that I left is almost perfect, because that's how I felt about the book. And I was like, but this is the thing that I couldn't get over, and I told Ben him like I wrote it as if he was going to read it which I don't know if he did but I I did like a sandwich right where I was like I love this book this is the thing that I couldn't get over and also Ben has an amazing gift for writing I hope he doesn't quit I hope he keeps going and so I sandwiched it in there I was trying to help him like I don't know him but he's um a black Canadian male and how many books have you read by black Canadian males recently? So I wanted to encourage him and I appreciated his take on his own perspective, which some people just slammed him for um, dealing with sexual thoughts towards women. And I was like, I feel like he's trying to be honest so I can understand like what, where he's coming from. So I appreciated that he was trying to balance out everything, right? Um, he could have written a little bit more about resisting the temptation to objectify a person, and that would have probably been really well received by other reviewers. Um, but their criticism was valid. My criticism was valid. And we're trying to help him do better, and we're trying to help other readers who might be triggered by objectification understand that this is in this book. So... Every review that you get has the potential to teach you something about yourself that you have a blind spot for. And I'm not saying that every review definitely does that, but you have to realize that there are people who are not going to like your stuff, but there are also people who will not like it for a legitimate reason. And you can kind of sift through and see whether or not that's valid. And, uh, you know... <laughs> It can be hard. So, like, one of the things that I do is I'll read a review. I take notes. This was my husband's idea because he was so sick of my up and down. He wasn't sick of my feelings going up and down. He was sick of seeing me torture myself with reviews. And he's like, just write notes down that are not part of the review that reflect the things that you want to change about your writing based on the information that you get inside of the review. And I was like, oh, this is a really good idea. So now that's what I do. So I don't have to go back and reread uh, negative reviews that make me feel junky. And I try to remember also that, hey, some of this is opinion. Some of this is fact. I can pull out what's helpful to help me in my writing career. And that's especially true for newer writers. Your reviews are going to help you do the thing that you need to do uh, if you're just kind of writing and taking in things and not really part of any class or um, like group where you're interacting with people who will help you understand what you should do, which uh, even, you know, like people go through my courses and they're learning all these things and then they'll write me and I'll be like, okay, so you just do this. Like they sometimes need extra clarification, which I love to give. And then they're like, what? Oh my gosh, I fixed this thing now. And that's really exciting for both of us. Um, but, you know, when you're just going by yourself through this journey, which I don't recommend. But if you are and you find these reviews and you're feeling discouraged, just remember that you can look 
four truth inside, four facts inside of those reviews that will help you grow as a writer. And then you can just push the review far away from you and never look at it again. That's my approach. I found that it works and it's useful. And I also, though, want to talk about what to do with trolls, which has not always been like a bright shining spot where I do that well. <laughs> I sometimes have a hard time when people take the time to come after me and be like, you're wrong. All the helpful things you're trying to do suck and I hate you. And I'm like, wait, what? But I, I'm working so hard. Like I sold you my book for 99 cents. And it has all of this collection of information that took me 10 years to learn and all these tens of thousands of dollars to figure out. And you're just going to tell me I suck? That's not very nice. <laughs> so this is the way you should respond to trolls, okay? Don't respond to them. I know it's so tempting to try to justify yourself. But first of all, you're not allowed to reply to your reviews on Amazon or other book retail websites. So don't do that because you're breaking the rules. But also, you don't want to engage with someone whose entire goal is to make you engage with them in a negative way which will make you look bad because they're anonymous no one knows who they are but if you're like defending yourself and it's your book you look bad no matter whether it doesn't matter if you were right and they were wrong okay it does not matter so the best way to engage with trolls is to not to don't do it <laughs> i also want to talk about when reader expectations are completely unreal. Uh, I wrote a book, I feel like it was like two years ago now. Well, I re rewrote and revamped this book uh, and it's called You Can Do Better. And it's about how to have God-centered relationships and all the things you can do from your side because relationships take two sides. So I was like, let me just give people this resource so that they can understand how to approach relationships from their side of things, from a Christian worldview, so that they can have healthier relationships, healthier, more God-centered relationships. That's the subtitle, right? And 10 easy lessons. And there are 10 lessons in the book. And I got this like really long, sad review on Goodreads, which I know a lot of people don't want to go on Goodreads and read reviews. I find reviews helpful in general, okay? So that's why I do this. But like I said, I just read it, take notes, and forget it. But I remember this one review that I felt so bad about because this woman's like, I am so desperate for help. I need something else in my life. I cannot believe this book didn't help me. I was like, this is like a 40-page book that's meant to be like a one-hour read, and it says that it helps you with relationships and 10 easy lessons, not it will change everything in your life and make all the hard things easy in 10 easy lessons. So she, her expectations going into the book were not realistic, and there's nothing I can do to control that. Like, I was very clear, this is what's in the book. These are the lessons you're going to learn. And she did not, she was very upset that she had read the book that was going to help her have healthier relationships and that it didn't instantly fix all the problems in her life. And I wasn't even mad or anything like that because I just thought, I feel so sad for her because she's in such desperation and she, it sounds like she has no one to help her. So that made me sad. But at the same time, I had to realize like a has a book ever done that for me in my life? So how can I expect my book to do that for someone else? Right? Like there are books that I have found extremely helpful. There are books that have taught me so much, but reading a book has on its own, right? Has never 
changed my life until I put that knowledge into practice and until I decide that I'm not going to do unhealthy things or enter into unhealthy relationships anymore. So that was one of the points of the book that like, if you're in an unhealthy relationship, you should distance yourself in that relationship. Not that, hey, you do this thing, you read this one page and boom, everything hard in your life is magically easy. That no book can do that. And I don't expect my writing to do that for anyone. Just like I don't expect anyone else's book to do that for me because I'm a writer and I'm a reader. You know, I read constantly. So that's just another thing to think about when you're looking at reviews, especially if you're like a self-help nonfiction author, which is part of what I do. I also write fiction novels. I am editing a fiction novel right now, which I am so excited about. Um, you know, but my expectations for reviews have to be under the umbrella of everyone experiences them differently. That's the episode for today. I would love to hear about your review experiences, and I hope that next time you get a review, you'll be able to mine the data out of it and separate that from the, the opinion and be able to use that moving forward in your own writing career. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast with me, your host, Kristen Spencer. I'd love to hear your amazing writing thoughts and questions from your awesome writing brain. You can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer or at literary symmetry. Or you can email me at kns at literarysymmetry.com. This podcast is funded by awesome listeners like you. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it rolling, you can head over to www.patreon.com forward slash expensive words. You can keep all of my hosting and software needs going for the show by donating less than what it costs for one fancy cup of tea a month. And to be eligible to join writing coaching calls with me, check out the $12 a month sponsorship. You will get to ask me questions live about the story of your heart once a month and meet other cool writers. Thanks again for listening and happy writing.